I'm going to read them, then I'm going to ask you the great question I ask you every week. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charge them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but as the verting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, I also want to know that I know that you guys had um, youth group last week, and I appreciate Brother Tyler jumping in uh, to fill in for us so you guys could have youth group, because it was going to be canceled, but Tyler jumped in and said he would teach you guys, so thank Tyler for that. But as we look at last time we were in 2 Timothy, what do we talk about these two verses? Rachel. Yes, the one thing was stop arguing. What's the subverting? Does anybody remember what subverting of the hearers meant? To the subverting of the hearers. I gave you guys a long story about what subverting was. I know all of you weren't here for it. <clears throat> subverting. Any of those digital Bibles have uh, concordances on them? <laughs> Were you raising your hand? I must say, if you want to swing at it, swing at it. Yes, yes, yes. And she didn't know, she doesn't know what to believe, and so she's been subverted. I've told you guys about the story about the guys who argued about could you, whether you could lose your salvation or not, and they were going back and forth when there was an unsaved girl, and they're both spitting verses out at each other, and going back and forth about Calvinism versus Arminianism, and this poor girl who doesn't know Jesus Christ as her Savior at all is sitting in the middle, and she doesn't know what to believe, and she probably Hurts, I mean, it probably hurts the cause of Christ for it. So he says, stop arguing because all it does is undermine the hearers. And he said, study, show thyself approved unto God. We talked about it this because I need to review this because it's crucial in what we're going to the next couple of verses. Remember, I told you about that we study to show ourselves approved unto God, not others. Most of the time we open our Bibles to study. When we do, maybe it's because of the Christmas holiday or whatever. You met some family member that believes something off the wall and you're like, well, I know that that's not in the Bible, and you go to your Bible and go to the concordance and find out something, and you say, oh, well, this is why this isn't true. But the Bible says that we are to study God's word so that we can be approved by God, not by other men, not by other people. So we open the Bible so that we can learn truth. And this is crucial when we go in today, because everything that we need, and I say this once again, and I say without apology, I don't say this because I get paid to say this or anything. This book right here holds everything you guys need to live the life that God wants you to live. And I say that wholeheartedly. If I could give you any book, if I could tell you anything, as you move into adulthood, I would hand you this book and say, hey, read it, cherish it, because this has everything you're going to need. And then Paul said to Timothy, hey, you've got to study it. To show yourself proven to God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, knowing exactly why you, you, why you do what you do. Hey, why do you use a King James Bible? Why do you believe you have a certain dress standard? Why, I hope you do, have a music standard, and why do you hold to that? Hey, study to show yourself approved unto God. It's 2013. I told you guys I'm not a big resolutions maker, but I hope that coming in 2013, you would make some goals on studying the word of God. And I say this because, just like I said, it's key to what we're going to talk about verse 16 through 18. 
Because there are liars. There are false prophets. The Bible says there are wolves in sheep's clothing that are nice people, that are really funny, but they're leading young people to hell left and right. And that's why Paul tells Timothy, hey, Timothy, you study the word of God to be approved by God. Not because you want to argue, not for the subverting of the hearers, but you study it because you need to know. And we're going to verse 16. Let's read it. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. But shun profane and vain babblings. Let's go to our handouts. Paul's challenging Timothy, as we do it every week. Number one, he said, be cautious of error. Be cautious of error. There's two things that we have to shun or to keep away from. The word shun means to keep away from. I think we all know that, but if you, just in case you didn't, write it down. Two things to shun. A, profane, which is heathenish and wicked. Profane, heathenish and wicked. And B, vain, fruitless discussions. So two things to shun, to keep away from. A, profane, heathenish, wicked. Or B, vain, fruitless discussions. Profane and vain babbling help increase more ungodliness and wickedness. Profane and vain babbling help increase more godliness and wickedness. The reason, does anybody else need a blank real quick with that before I go forward? The last one, profane and vain babbling help increase, grow more ungodliness, wickedness. So be cautious of error. I, we taught for, if you were in the guys, um, when we did split off Sunday school, we went through Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Get this, young people. Paul's telling Timothy, he said, there's two things you need to stay away from. Timothy, avoid them. Shun. The word shun there literally means to turn your back against. He said, profane, heathenistic, and wicked conversations. If something's wicked, Paul's saying, Timothy, stay away from wicked talking. We live in a society that we're permeated with wicked talking. I mean, we, we joke about it, about Christian school, whether you go to Christian school, public school, even sometimes, sadly, maybe if you're homeschooled. You're per, everybody around you is filled with filthy language. It may not be four little words, but it's someone talking about things that are inappropriate. And Paul says, Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But avoid profane conversations. And he says also, avoid conversations that have no value. Let me put it this way. Avoid foolishness. Now, I understand, and when I have studied this out, I'm trying to think in my mind, what is foolishness? I understand that we talk about a lot of things that really have no value. To sit around and talk about the good old days. Really, when you get down to it, it's like, I remember I used to do this and this. 
it really doesn't have like a lot of value. I mean, it makes you laugh or whatever. When, when I was with my family, me and my brothers talked about all the things that we used to do when we grew up. Oh, do you remember when this happened? Ha <laughs> ha. And I and I understand that there's really no value, and it's not like we were like, oh well, the wisdom I've learned by not doing that has just been so great in my life. We didn't look at anything. We we're just like, man, that was dumb, and we laughed about it. But when we look at our lives, there are a whole lot of things that have no value to helping us be godly. And Paul says, hey, Timothy, right now, things are too serious for us to be going through conversation without value. He says it for two reasons. I mean, he says these two things for one reason. He said they tend to increase to ungodliness. Now, here's where it all comes together. This is why you have to study your word of God, so to show thyself approved. Because he said, if you are not and you are involved in these other things, you are helping to increase, grow ungodliness. Picture with me here. We have a garden, and we are gardening, and we're doing all the work. We're planting, we're doing all the, I never garden, so I don't know what that stuff is. But you're doing a lot of gardening stuff. You're wearing overalls and stuff. But you're going out, and you're, you're gardening, and you're putting all this stuff in the soil, and you're trying to wait, you're doing all the work for it to grow. Paul's saying this to Timothy. If you are not studying the word of God and you are involved and you are, I mean, looking right at and enjoying profane, wicked, heathenistic conversations, conversation that has no, no merit. He said, this is what you're doing. You're growing ungodliness in your life. You're allowing it. You're giving root to ungodliness. Pastor Burden, I don't talk like that. But the Bible says in Psalm 1, hey, blessed is the man, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. So see, this is what happens when I am not studying the word of God and finding out what God has to say, but yet I am listening to what every wicked and worthless person has to say in my life. I am not moving closer to God. I am helping Plant the seed for those things that would be totally against God. If I hang around people that curse all the time, and I had when I worked at Enterprise Rent a Car, I worked at people cursed every other word. I'm like I was when I first started working, I was like, man, do these people not know any other adjective than curse words? Like you just say, I had a great day. You don't have to curse. Just it was a great day. That was really bad. You terrible. You something, but you don't have to like curse about it. And I remember thinking like they don't have to. But you know, I never at one day, and I said by the grace of God, said a curse word at Enterprise or in a car. Never said one in my life by the grace of God. But you know, let me tell you something. When bad things happened because I was around those people a whole lot, there were times where a word would pop in my head, and I'd be like, God, would you please forgive me that I even thought such a thing? Why? Because when I don't turn away from profane, wicked, and heathen, heathenistic conversation and worthless conversations, I am growing, increasing ungodliness. I am laying the groundwork for ungodliness. Well, I don't do those kind of things. It doesn't matter whether you do them or not. The Bible says if your delight is not in the law of the Lord, and you're taking counsel from the ungodly, it's going to... Open up your life to all kinds of ungodliness. Paul gives an example. 
in verse number verse number seventeen. And their word their word will eat doth a, as doth a canker as whom is Hymenius and Philetus. So he gives us two people. Hymenius, he's mentioned in First Timothy one twenty. Also, Paul says, you know what? Paul says to this guy, pretty much, he's a heretic, he's an apostate, he does not teach the right word of God. Paul even says in First Timothy, he's going to turn him over to the devil. This is how this guy that Paul's writing about. So Paul says, hey, Timothy, I want to give you an illustration of this: that these are guys right here that are not practicing the word of God. Let's throw in some blanks. Blanks. Two truths about error. Number one. It spreads like a canker. That's a great word. It spreads like a canker. K, okay, <laughs> can't spell. C-A-N-K-E-R. Canker, an eating sore. An eating sore. I'll tell you what you don't need to do in just a minute. But um, this word in the Greek, oh, I missed the top blank. Oh, Hymenaeus and Philippe spread false teaching to the church. False teaching to the church. Two truths about air, it spreads like a canker, canker, an eating sore. This is the word in the Greek. I'm not even trying to sound like all spiritual because I didn't know if I hadn't read it. But it's the same word we get gangrene from. And this is what I'm going to say, don't ever do. Just because you want to know what gangrene is, do not put it in the Google image search. That is disgusting. And if you want to go ahead and do it, my stomach was not even good enough. I was like... <laughs> I gotta click this off quick. That is disgusting. Like people's feet were all shriveled up and black, and like they showed people's arms were like half off. And I was like, "This is." I was like, "Whoa, this is disgusting." I was not ready. If you want just a light version of it, just a light version, just go to Wikipedia and type it in Wikipedia, and that way you only get like one black crinkled up foot. <laughs> but it's it's pretty disgusting. So I'm just gonna tell you, a wise man will hear an increased learning. His proverb says. Don't Google image gangrene. It's disgusting. But when you, the Bible says that truth to, to, I mean, the error, it spreads like a canker. Number two, it destroys people. It destroys people. Paul tells me that others' faith has been uprooted because of the error. The middle blank, it spreads like, where is it at? Ending sore. Needing sword. Now I understand that I've given you all the blanks. So do not go crazy, pack up on me. I'm not done. So I gave you all the blanks, but I want you to listen. He says, Paul says this about error. He says, Hey, if you're not studying the word of God, if you do not know the word of God, you are making total access growing in your life the fruits of ungodliness. He says, Let me tell you about two guys, Hymenus and Philetus. He said, these two guys have gone to the church saying the resurrection has already happened. What these guys did in church, in, the, in that church, was they went through an, an Ephesus and said, hey, the resurrection of the dead, there is no resurrection of the dead. As Paul said that, as we know in 1 Thessalonians, that we which are um, the dead in Christ, when Christ comes back, he's going to call the dead in Christ, are going to be bodily resurrected. Well, they taught that that's not going to happen. And you would think them being so close to the time that God, Jesus Christ lived that they would say, well, that can't be true because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. You can't say there's no resurrection. But no, because people did not know the word of God, because like Paul said, they were involved in heathenistic, vain conversations. They took no time to say the word of God. Their faith was uprooted. 
And this is the key to it all. You've got to get this. This is why I beg you to study the word of God. Because see, every one of you is going to turn of age. You're going to go to college. You're going to go off on your own, get a job. And if you do not know the word of God, you will be uprooted. Just like Paul said, hey, these guys, you would think that that wouldn't be a problem. But see, error, untruth, spreads like a canker, like gangrene. It's disgusting. You look in our world today. I give you a simple illustration. Evolution. The man Charles Darwin wrote Origin of the Species. The, you know, the, the pretty much the head guy who's pretty much spearheaded evolutionary thinking. That only the natural selection, only the best survive evolution as we know it, started at, at Charles Darwin. This is Charles Darwin's own quote, and I'll read it to you. This is from Charles Darwin's own mouth. I tried to verify it as much as I could. He says this, to suppose that the eye with all its inimitable, yeah, he uses a lot of big words because he's smart, controversies for adjusting the focus to different distances, for emitting different amounts of light, for the correction of spherical and chromatic aberration could have been formed by natural selection, seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. So what he's saying, Charles the Apostle, I heard Pastor Paul preach about that when he came last time. I know that not to be true, but that's not what, that's not the case. Their faith was uprooted. It comes to, they didn't know the word of God. Now, if you're sitting in this room and you do not, you could not tell me where the book of James was located in your Bible. We'll just throw something out there. Let me tell you what you got to do. You have to be studied to show yourself approved under God of word and that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. If you look into the Bible and you say, well, the reason I believe that is because my mom and dad think, guess what? That works for Shiloh. You guys are old enough to know what you believe. And here's what happens. We're so caught up and wicked speaking things that ought not to be said we spend more time saying those things and doing those things than we do trying to figure out what the truth really is and when that happens all it takes because you've already laid the groundwork you've already prepared the growth for ungodliness all it takes is the right person to come along and say something because if you don't know this book All it takes is the right person to come and say, like Eve, hath God said, thou shalt surely not surely eat of every tree in the garden? Did God really say that? Well, well, yeah, God said that, but, and you fall into sin. If I could plead, if there was a way I could sit down and individually help each and every one of you where you are at, Every day to study your Bible, I would. Because I do not ask you to know your Bible because, like I said, like I get because I get paid for it. Because I just think it's the best thing because I think, well, this is a good book. And if you get the good things in this life, you won't mess up. I believe it because this is everything you need. 
And see, what's happening is right now in our culture, young people are swallowing everything that's given to them. See, I can express a biblical principle and people will look at me and say, that is absurd. For me in this day and age to get up and to stand up and say, you know what? As a Christian, we ought not listen to music that curses the very name of my God that speaks about immorality. For me to say that, you know what we'd say? (laughs) That's kind of extreme. You know why? Because we've walked in the counsel of the ungodly. We've sat in the seat of the scorner. See, our delight is not in the law of the Lord. And you know what? We've already sowed the seed for ungodliness. Well, it's easy because all the right person has to do is come in and just, hey, this is what you ought to believe. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Because you had no grounding. The next verse talks about nevertheless the foundation of God standing sure. The Lord knoweth those who are his. Hey, the world is losing everything. You look at every major person in the world that's trying to be a celebrity. And you look at their lives. Their lives are train wrecks. But yet we desire to follow them. We look at our sports figures. Hey, I'm a big Kobe fan. I'm a big basketball fan. But you know what? If I look at their lives, there is nothing there for me to model. I have to learn what my Bible says. And this is what's happening in this, in this passage here in the scriptures. This is what's happening all over the place. Is that we don't know what this book says. We honestly just go with whatever our mom and dad say. Mom says we can't watch it. I'm not watching it. Dad says we don't do that. I don't do that. Instead of saying, you know what? I grab the word of God. And you know what? I don't know everything about a pastor. And I don't, I don't understand it all. But I sure am trying. Because the Bible says in Psalm 1, like we talked about, I talked about the guys. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Now watch this. I think I told this in the RU, and I think I told this to the guys. I used to look at that verse, and I, in my mind, I picture a nice little big tree, flourishing fruit tree, sitting by the water. And I think, oh, well, yeah, his delight is all over, and he's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I see that. The tree has exactly what he needs. If you understand, back in, over in the Middle East, back in the day, they did not just turn on a sprinkler to, turn, to water their flowers, to water the trees. They would take and they would direct water to where they needed it. You know about it probably in Egypt. If you if you looked at, paid attention to history class, they talked about Egypt and off the Nile. They would take off Nile and they would take off the Nile and just to put different little things to irrigate their their fields. What Psalms one is saying is this: when you delight in God's word and you know God's word, you are like a tree that God deliberately plants where He wants it, and He brings that tree everything it needs. He's like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He's planted there. And then God brings everything he needs. Does he know everything about the word of God? No. But see, he delights in it.
And because he delights in it, God provides what he needs. Watch this. You may not know everything that's going on in your life, how to deal with it biblically. But I can guarantee you, if you delight yourself in God's word, that God will bring you what you need when you need it. Illustration. There's been many a times where I've sat through a service and I've had a decision to make a need on my heart. And the pastor preached nothing, even related to my need. But you know what? Something he said, something in the verse before or after, spoke to my heart. And God gave me what I needed. Was it because I looked at my Bible and I thought, well, of course I have this problem. Let me just turn here. I know exactly where to turn and read. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what you said you do, God. No. It's because I said, hey, this book right here holds everything I need. So I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to turn the radar on and I'm going to try and find out, hey, God, I want to be that tree planted by the river of water. I want you to bring me what I need. So right now, God, in my life, I need help. And God, because he is so good and you've delighted in his word, he brings it. God, I have a decision to make. I don't know what, ne- what the next step to take. If you're delighting his word, you study to show yourself approved to God, he brings you exactly what you, need, what you need. I know that this is the most spiritual answer, most Sunday school answer you can ever give. Well, study yourself, study your word, study the word of God, make sure you know it. But it is key to know this book. I'm not saying that you have to know it cover to cover. You can be able to quote it like some great preachers. But I'm saying you've got to, you've got, you have to stick your nose in it. Find out what God says. Man, I was listening to this this morning. I was listening to my, I just let the audio Bible play while I was supposed to be working out. You guys probably laughed and called it something different, but I'm calling it working out. But while I was doing that, I let my audio Bible play, and it read through Proverbs, my Proverbs for the day. And I let it keep going. And you know what? There was things that I came into conviction under just because the Word of God was being read. It wasn't like anybody was preaching, anybody was teaching it. It was just because it was being read in my ears, and I heard a verse, and I said, Whoa, Aaron Burden is not where he needs to be in that area. And you know what? I got on my knees when I got in my office later on today. Say, God, I need your help. Why? Because this book, see, holds everything Aaron Bird needs in his life. To be the dad that I have to be, this book. To be the husband I got to be, this book. To be the student you need to be, this book. To be the young person in your family. To be an older brother, older sister. To be your the child in your family. You need this book. And I am not just saying that if I could pound in your head, if you could wake up at night and just wake up with cold sweat thinking, hearing Pastor Burton say, you need this book. You need it because there's going to be so many people coming in your lives who, if you're sowing the seed, growing the seed of ungodliness, you've prepared it. All they have to do is just like Hylitus and Philetus say, hey, come on, that's not true. And you'll be like, oh, right. well, now that you say it that way, I guess it's not. But if you know this book, you'll say, hey, thy word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light in my path. 
See, when you get a hold of this book, Paul tells Timothy, hey, you need it. Study it. Know it. That's what's going to help in your life.